welcome to the Six Again podcast, your new destination for all things NRL. Here to bring you everything from team news to best bets are your hosts, Adam Hoy and Jared Mutton. Let's kick off. <laughs> I always love starting when there's a laugh. So welcome in, guys. Episode 20 of 6CN Podcast. We have a very special guest uh, that we'll introduce in just a moment. So tonight's show, we're going through updates. There's been a couple of new signings, a couple of new injury news coming out. Um, some discussion about new rules that may be put in for the rest of the season or next season. And then also an update on the Warriors and how they're traveling. A pretty cool little thing they're putting on their jerseys for the rest of this season. We've got the next four teams we're going to look at with the Cowboys, Parramatta, Penrith and Rabbitohs. And then second half of the show is pretty much dedicated to our special guest. And we'll bring her in now. Her name's Sandy, Sandy Shipley. If you're looking on Twitter, I'm sure she'll give you um, her handle and we'll have it in the show's write-up. And she is pretty much a rugby league fan based in the UK from Toronto um, that we've met online. and. She just loves rugby league. So, welcome, Sandy. Well, thank you for the invite. Um, good evening, good morning. <laughs> so, it's, it's what, 9 a.m. Um, where you are on half past yeah, 9 a.m. Yeah, yeah, 9.30, yeah. So, yeah. start of the day for me. <laughs> She's drinking coffee. We're having our beers as per normal. Yeah. So, a yeah. little bit now. We'll go into a bit more depth later, but how do you... Get involved in rugby league. How did you come across our great game? Um, the first time I ever heard of the, the Wolfpack was while I was in a meeting. Um, everyone that kind of knows me knows I'm a huge sports fan. So um, I was in a meeting doing some auditing and my phone was, was off, you know, I had text messages and phone calls. And I said to my clients, do you mind if I take this? Because I'm thinking, you know, 9-11, something, whole, you know, something else has happened Jeez. wrong. And so, well, I'm never that popular. So I'm like, why is everyone trying to text me? Says, Have you heard the news? And I'm thinking, what's going on? Anyway, I rang a friend of mine. She says, um, have you heard there's going to be a Toronto team in, in the UK? I'm thinking, what do you mean a Toronto team? Like, it, just, it didn't make any sense because it's also a completely different country. And up to this point, I've never really heard of rugby league. I've heard of rugby as a general term, but even though I live in Leeds, it's never really been a sport that has been in my radar as such. Um, so I looked into it and eventually I got to a game because when you've got three kids and so on, it's quite difficult to try to, um, you know, get around it and do stuff for yourself. So eventually I did get to a game and I got hooked pretty quickly. It was, it was easy to follow had no idea what was going on, but I was cheering when I had to cheer and, and so on. Um, I didn't understand, obviously, the rules, but I had such a blast. And I took a, an expat with me called Amy. And that was our first game together. And it's been great. Loved it. So that's kind of history of, of how I kind of started or was made aware of it. So before they, got, they made the English Super League, I think they spent three, four years coming up through to rent yeah. the yeah. it. So you never heard of them really in Toronto before that? You only heard no, of them so, when, they made the, when they made the Super League? No, I heard of them when um, when they first started in 2017. Like, you know, like when the news came out. So mm -hmm. my first game was um, either towards the end of that. It was sometime in that year. And um, so then in 2018, I've been going to most of the games and then I've not really missed any games since then. Um, so it was in the beginning of the Toronto team that I was aware of, not right at the beginning, 
but it's kind of when I first went to my game, it was within that season. Um, but I did hear of it when the announcement went out, but didn't get a chance to go until maybe a third of the season in. Um, so I have been following them since then. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just been, you know, Super League is just bizarre. Like, I can't believe it's happened. I can, but I can't, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what we've been doing um, just over the last week or so is uh, mostly on Twitter. NRL's got its own Twitter um, handle, all that sort of stuff. So we're going to cover our main news as per normal, but it's been interesting seeing um, Sandy's comments come up every now and then, especially on stuff like the anti-vaxxers and um, signings and ref changes and all that sort of stuff. So she's going to be throwing her input in, same as um, Jared and I usually do. So I guess big news, well, again, it hasn't been anything massive through the week, but updates. We covered the Titans last week with regards to AJ Brimson. Um, there's been a bit more of a timeline on his return and his back injury. They've actually come out, or he's actually come out and said that it was an actual fracture in his spine. Yeah, poor bastard. So through the rehab he's been doing, it seems though they've picked up an actual fracture. So there's still no timetable for his return. Um, but you'd be saying, you wouldn't be surprised if he's out for the rest of the season, meaning Philip Sammy. Philip Sammy. So be playing fullback for the rest. Um, Adam touched it on, on it the last episode by saying that because he's only 21 when he had a back injury they're not going to push him too hard to play obviously and it's not like Titans um, started the season on fire anyway and so with Gold Coast with their lack of star players they're going to put him in cotton wool and they imagine he's going to be playing at fullback for a few years yeah. so if he's got a fractured spine they're not going to put him in for an 18 round season no I don't imagine considering no, they have lack, less than no chance of making the finals so, AJ, heal up. We'll see you maybe at the end of the season, if not next year. Uh, signings through the week. Felice Kafusi's picked up his player option, so he'll be at the Storm till the end of 2021. Uh, no real surprise there. One Queensland origin back rower at probably the best, with the best coach, so he's probably going to stay with him. And an up-and-coming player, Sean Bloor. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, you know Sean Bloor? Yeah, Sean Bloor. He's, it's kind of like Nathan Brown from Parramatta. Penrith. Nathan Brown from Paramount. Oh, Nathan Brown from Paramount, yeah. Yeah, he's but. the same kind of mould. He's <laughs> aggressive in your face, awesome to watch, but probably too much drop ball and a lot of penalties. So he was the SG Cup ball captain for Penrith and he signed for the Tigers for two years. So that's pretty much it with regards to signings. So I guess we go on to vaccinations. So the start of this week was pretty much a no, vac, no jab, no play policy. Um, and I think... I'm not sure if the NRL was expecting the amount of players to come out saying we're not going to get one. Um, they amended one line yeah, in a so waiver that they had to sign in order to play. Um, that was good enough for some, not good enough for others. And it's basically at a point where Bryce Cartwright and Brian Kelly from the Titans have been stood down. And those who are not getting the flu vaccination on religious backgrounds um, have signed a separate waiver or the waiver has been adjusted separately and they're still allowed to play. So that's your Josh Papali, Joe Tappany, Sia Soliola, Sione Katoa, Adam Fanua, Blake, Martin Tapao and Dylan Walker so far um, with Bryce Cartwright and Brian Kelly being stood down. Yeah, I... Thoughts? <laughs> oh. I don't know. I really don't know about all this. 
um, it's it, it's a very sensitive. It's always been a sensitive um, discussion topic, even before obviously this. You know, with parents and their kids, and you know. But does that mean if the um, Super League and the RFL games kick off, are they going to get? It's just going to be interesting because I don't understand how that applies to corona. Like I don't, I don't see what the link is in terms of. For me, I'd rather see that they are going to get everyone tested, including their families, before they actually go to training, have them in quarantine for two weeks to know that the result that they had from the coronavirus is is correct. And then at least, you know, when they do go to training, they are negative. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I don't, I, I, I'm struggling to understand how the correlation of getting the vaccine is going to help prevent anyone catching coronavirus. Like, it's just... It's not, uh, it's yeah. the, the reasoning for it, so the players have all been tested um, as part of the biosecurity measures when they came back on Monday. The reason for getting the flu vaccination is we're coming into our winter um, hey, cold, cold period. I know it's going to drop to like 22 degrees Wait, soon. It's cold. Oh my God, 22 degrees. Oh my God. <laughs> it's cold. I need to get my toque on. I need to get my toque on. <laughs> I know. So we get our standard flu vaccinations every year, like every um job every company offers flu vaccinations for their employees at a cost depending on who you work for yeah. um the vaccination that they're getting is for your standard flu and the reason why they want all the players to get them is if they do come down with symptoms from the normal flu because of what's happened with corona they're going to show flu-like symptoms which means they need to be taken out they need to get tested you've got that 48 hour period which shuts that club down while that player gets tested because yeah. they've been in contact with all those people. If it is just the standard flu, everything goes on as per normal, but it's that period of time from displaying symptoms to getting tested to getting results, that club's on standstill. And that's what they don't want to happen. They need everything running by like this if they're going to get this up and running. That's the issue. It's got, it's not to stop corona at all, but if you're displaying flu symptoms, they're the same symptoms as the coronavirus, and that's enough for uh, another, that club to be shut. Another part of it is that the NRL created this 48-page biosecurity thing mm -hmm. that they handed to the government to make sure <laughs> was okay. that their players aren't going to get coronavirus. And part of that was they're going to get the flu shot as a, you know, this is an, yeah. add an extra that we, another layer of protection we're going to put against our players getting sick. But in saying that too, the whole situation, the NRL have done stuff without consulting the correct people. So they put this yeah. biosecurity pay paperwork through and then they didn't ask the clubs if they were willing to follow through with the biosecurity rules. Yeah, leave it so, to the clubs. And then when it got to the clubs, the players were like, well, no, I'm not taking the flu shot. See you later. Yeah. What's, that, what's, what's confusing me the most is that somebody put on Twitter the five-stage, five-phase roll rollout yeah. to go back to normal. And it includes kids going back to school and restaurants kind of being open. Now, how are the NRL going to regulate if the wives and the children can go back to school? Like, it's it's just going to be, it's just adding other layers of, the, the you know. The players aren't living with their wives and girlfriends. That's another part they're arguing about. They're completely isolated from their families. So they only. I've been approved, though. I thought that didn't get approved. Uh, the impression it, I got is that. I didn't know that. Yeah, they're completely isolated from their family. That was a big shit fight because for tomorrow, Mother's Day, they wanted to see their wives and girlfriends for Mother's Day. And so they had to oh, right, okay. 
early in the week going, well, we can't even see them. They can't even go see their mother for Mother's Day because the NRL's put them in lockdown. Oh. So every club gets 50, okay. 50, 32 players and 18 staff to travel with them wherever. And they're all isolated. They've got 10-minute COVID tests. So okay. they've got these newfangled coronavirus tests that only take 10 minutes now, not two weeks. Yeah. They're not isolated together. That's, they're isolated that's interesting, in though. Different areas. Because there's a... You say that, but, and I don't know his name, and I should know. So there's a player who's got a watch company. What's his name? Um, he, he's on TikTok. Corey. That's how I know him. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. No, the guy who's got a watch. Isaac. He's got a watch. Isaac Luke? He plays, um, he plays for he's, the kids black. The Panthers, I think. He's got, oh, my God. He's got a watch company. I'll have a look. And, no, don't yeah. Know, don't anyway, know. he's been posting things like on Instagram and stuff where he's with his kids and his wife and he's been training. So I don't is see that, this. Is that Wednesday from Wednesday? No, yeah, like yesterday, watching. like no. yesterday and stuff. That's I didn't what know I, that they were. Yeah, that's what because I, I, I remember an argument about the fact. Oh, there it is. Um, M A Malakai. Oh, Malakai Watim Zlesniak. That'd be him. Yeah, he's him yeah. and his brother own, own, own that company. Oh, he's led in the top 32. Yeah, him. He's been putting stuff on social media and he's with his wife and his kids. That's why well, when that's, you said that that's been approved, I got confused. Yeah, I, I thought that they were all in isolation from their families because there was a lot of headlines about the fact they can't go see their families for Mother's Day. That's yeah. April. And Where that, are we to? We're in May. Jeez. Yeah. So... Yeah, so see what I mean? So that's why... It's. I'm but thinking how you Malachi might not be in their top thirty. Yeah, he, he's not that good. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> My NRL knowledge is very minimal, so I just yeah. yeah. I, I'd, I'm not, I'm only going to speculate. I'd say if they're keeping this under wraps, I'd say that they're in their homes. They go out of their homes. They get on their bus. They go to their club. They get on the plane, and it's just straight back and forward. I wouldn't be surprised if their wives. Um, and kids would be still homeschooling even when school goes back until this all happens. But we'll see. I didn't. <laughs> I'm, Who knows? Because yeah, I remember, because com I remember commenting. Somebody on Twitter said, "Oh, you know, I feel sorry for the players if they had to be away from family." And I made the comment, "Well, when the Wolf Pack in the first two two years, two seasons, they had to. Li they were living in Toronto." from uh, for like eight nine weeks you know for a very long time and not everybody had their partners with them and because of social media it's helped you know FaceTime and so on and, and so it is possible and I don't think this will be a long-term thing it's just going to be a short-term thing because I don't know what the situation in Australia is with regards to the cases I don't know if it's always dropping or if it's very so I don't think you know if even if it was for eight weeks it's possible it's happened to oh yeah it's definitely so happened away so instead of looking so long term, I'm thinking let's just take one day at a time. It is possible. At least we've got the technology to to minimize the distance. That's it. And the I think the big thing I guess for the players here is when you're signing for a club like Toronto, you know that's in the normal yeah. contract. You know it's going to happen. This is like yeah, out of the blue stuff. Australia's been completely on another level compared to Europe um, and America. Like we are so safe right. that there was a point where they're even <laughs> talking about finishing the English Premier League in Perth last they were talking about that last <laughs> week because we've had five cases 
I think WA had five cases in the past two weeks or something. Like, yeah. It, yeah. It, we've been very minimally impacted compared to the rest yeah. of the world because the government got yeah. on top of things really quick. So that's yeah. what's allowed the NRL to get on top. But it's been... It's interesting that this is... I, I, I can get why people are upset about it, about the players being anti-vax, but every other year, this isn't a story. It's yeah. like daycares and schools, that sort of stuff. You've got specific daycares and schools that don't allow attendees if they're not vaccinated. That's fair because you've got kids who are high risk in contact with each other all the time. Adults get a cold, they'll get over it unless they've got underlying conditions. Yeah. So you don't, you don't always get a jab shot anyway. But it's interesting to see whether yeah, Nathan Peets gets stood down from the Titans and then when he found out he was going to get stood down, he's like, no, no, I'll have the shot. I'll have the shot. I was just saying no because it had hurt in the past. Wait on, here we go. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming if, it's, if they're not playing, they don't get paid. Yeah. Yeah. That's if they're the stood down, they won't get paid. Okay, so this, this article came out on Thursday. NRL's biosecurity expert has declared that proposed Mother's Day visits too great a risk as the NRL mm -hmm. targets a May 28 return date. Mm. So it's too great a risk to have... No, that's to, yeah, go see their mothers. Yeah, so it's too great a risk to have, so not, they didn't do it. Yeah, well, that's completely different their to isolated from their wives and kids. Well, that's, that's players going to see their mums yeah, elsewhere, okay. not, Still not within rough. their own house. Yeah. That's like not discriminate. That's not discriminate. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get into a bus stop. Okay. Have a drink. Have a drink. Have another drink. Here's Jared driving all the way down to come and see his mum. Angela is. And we're just like, I know. That's what I mean. You're making us look bad. That's why we want to move on. Um, so the New Zealand Warriors, um, Blake Green's come out and put a, a video. Um, it was on FaceTime on Fox League saying that how they've acclimatised to Tamworth. Tamworth, um, it basically invited the Warriors in. So Warriors were in the New Zealand team. Tamworth was just listed as an international airport before Corona hit. So they were literally the newest <laughs> international airport. They've said, hey, Warriors, you can come and stay with us. And as a thank you, the um, New Zealand Warriors are getting the Tamworth postcode, which is 2340 embroidered on their jerseys for the 2020 season, which is pretty cool to say that these guys have been amazing. They'll be our home for however long. We want to make sure they're with us for the whole season. Um, and that's awesome. That's The Warriors, I found, have always been a club to do that because yeah. of them being in New Zealand, surrounded by rugby union. And they've kind of made it a really good family club and I think that's a really nice touch to see yeah, with all this going on um the kind of downside of that oh they're gonna lose they oh I was gonna say <laughs> CEO Cameron George has come out and um called on the New Zealand government to help out with funding um for their women's team and their junior programs so the Warriors over the last few years have really built up their junior ranks um and the academy there because what a lot of nro clubs would do would poach their good talent their good young yeah. talent and so would the union. union sides from around new zealand so the warriors have worked really hard to make sure their talent stays there and they're one of only a few clubs that have had a women's team for both um seasons so far so they're also privately owned and they've already lost millions and they're like all right we're at a point where we need help if we need if we're going to keep these juniors and keep the women's team going. 
Um, we can keep the senior team going. So I'm hoping, hoping New Zealand government say something in the next week or so. They've been the safest country pretty much in the world with all this going on. Um, and they're pretty well run. So I'm hoping to see some cash fly by towards the Warriors this week. Why? 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 Because we need, we need the Warriors in the comp. And Why we need do we that need club. the Warriors in the comp? Because we just need the Warriors. <laughs> There's no reason for Warriors. Are the Warriors like the Toronto and the Catalan, basically? Like yeah, the outside, the, the outsiders. Like the, <laughs> yeah, well, pretty much. Yeah. But they're, <laughs> I don't know. They're, they're, there is a part of the comp as any other expansion team is. To me, that's like getting rid of the Cowboys or getting rid of um, Newcastle or getting rid of... Mm-hmm. Titan, so how are these? Like how that. are they seen within the NRL? The Warriors being it from a, a, a different, a very flash team, but a team. Oh, do you mean seen by other fans? Just by no, just yeah, by other fans. Do they like? Do they like them in terms of? Are they welcoming to have them? Someone that's not from. They, they get, but even though, even though they're from New Zealand, and New Zealand and versus Australia in sport, every New Zealand team will get bought a boon, same as England and Australia. Um, but I, I Warriors get booed less than half the other NRL teams because yeah. they're awesome to watch. You don't, yeah, you don't expect a lot of success for them because of the style they play. They've gotten to two grand finals but never won. Um, they play very flashy, heaps of offloads, that sort of stuff. Yeah. And they have a lot of fans. Like when they play the Titans on the Gold Coast, it's one of the biggest New Zealand. Yeah, because there's no more Kiwis in Australia than it is in New Zealand. I know, and that's why it's so important. So they're the only club that really gets fans everywhere because there's so many Kiwis here. So no, they're very important, and they keep they keep rugby league's foothold in New Zealand, which is important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember um, the last the last NRL game that I watched from my list that I, I mentioned to you before was the Storm Warriors in 2009, I think, if my memory is right. Or was it? Was that eight beating one? Yeah. And it, no, it was really close. It was like it was it was it, it was a draw at the end, like 1818 or oh, something yes. or six. And, and it was raining. I got really excited because it was like the first game I've seen in my list where there was some sort of rain involved because in England, it always rains. And I always wondered, does it ever rain in Australia when there's rugby league? Because I've gone through about 50 games and they're all in sunshine. Yeah. And this is the first game on my list where there was actually rain. So I thought it'd be interesting to see how the sport is played when there's the elements, yeah. you know, that kind of. And the speed was the same, but the Warriors were like, there was a couple of players that looked like they were um, bulldozers just going through people. And it was quite scary to watch, but I really enjoyed that it. Was, that would have been when Sean Johnson put Old Mate over in the corner in the last minute. I think yeah. a player got injured in that, in that game. And um, uh, I think it was a Melbourne um, Storm player got injured because the game kind of stopped. And uh, it was quite scary to watch. But no, it was a really good game. Apart from that bit, it was a really, really good game. It was. I'll, if you look at my Twitter account, I put the link on there. It was really good. So it was. Yeah. It was cool. Like 2000, um, Melbourne was really strong around that time. So they won the grand final in 07, got to the grand final in 08. Oh, of course. Got to wrong. 2009, got to the grand final, and won. Uh, yeah, but that's when they got stripped. Yeah, got stripped. But um, it was funny because they were so dominant and still are. But Warriors were their bogey team. And there was Warriors won oh, like a three, four yeah. game winning streak. And there was even a year where Warriors came eight um, and beat 
That's when it was still eight first first, and they yeah. beat um the Storm in and first position. Playing, when in Manly win yeah. the final against them. Oh wait. Yeah, that that would have been oh eight. The game you watched because but, Warriors yeah. won at the last minute. They scored yeah. uh, yeah. in the no, left hand corner. No, this game it was a draw. There was like was two overtimes, and they still didn't yeah. win. Oh, and it was like, oh my god! <laughs> it's like how's no one winning it? It was it was such an intense game but without the stress it was just really good rugby league yeah that makes it it was just really good sports watch especially as a neutral <laughs> it was yeah it was definitely a good one, definitely one of my favorites. Storm, that's one of our we've got a very traditional anzac day match was the roosters versus st george it's been going for 26 years or something like that yeah um warriors versus storm has been on anzac day for the last maybe six i'm gonna say yeah. six years or so and they do it at night time and yes it they, was at night yeah when, yeah when the players walk in it's de- it's completely pitch black and all and then they play um the last post and it's been it's turned into a really good yeah, it's really good really yeah good really good what um, happened this year unfortunately no we didn't get to see it this year um so hopefully warriors get some good news from the government and well done for supporting tamworth and thank you to all the tam tamworth um town folk for Holding the Warriors there, because it means we get our comp. I thought you were going to say Tamworthians. Tamworthians, Tamworthans, <laughs> the Weathans. Uh, all right, um, rule changes that have been proposed. So, Project Apollo being the committee that was put together to get the comp back up and running, um, been throwing around some ideas with regards to player safety, because they're going to have a limited kind of pre-season, during season before they start again. They've been throwing out ideas to try and minimise injuries, like shorter halves or putting the game into quarters, having a greater interchange, that sort of stuff. Um, All of that pretty much has been knocked back by the coaches, saying we don't need it. But one thing that's kind of been thrown out there is going back to a one referee um, for the rest of the season. Now, uh, Sandy was saying to us today, she didn't know the difference because she's watched league the whole time in the NRL, all the games you would have been watching would have had two referees most likely. I've not noticed that. That means they were doing a good job. And, so I'm clearly uh, not missing something there. No, that's all good. And I think Peter Vlandes, he's the ARL commissioner, pretty much said this was based off a fan survey at the end of the 2019 season. Um, he said, why not throw it in now? Um, but Trent Robertson, Des Hasler, two of the most respected coaches have already come out and said, probably maybe not the right time to have a look at it with all the upheaval that they've already had. And Hazel was pretty much, you don't change rules once the season started, regardless of what's happened. Maybe something to look at at the end of the season. So it's something the fans would like to see that's important. So we're the ones who literally pay uh, to go and watch or watch on TV. But I'd be a fan of going back to one referee. Jared won't be because we always disagree on everything. No, no, I'm cool with that. (laughs) Um, For me, just depends how how the team plays. So obviously, Trent Robinson, coach of the Roosters, like to slow down the ruck. That's how they won two premierships in a row. They've had a very slow ruck, a lot of blatant penalties, just to um, rely on their defence to slow it down. So he's going to come out and say he wants two referees because the more referees in the field, the more infractions they're going to find in the ruck. So he's going to like that. Um, just depends how you want to play. If you want a faster, free flowing game you want one referee on the field. So, because they're going to see less. That's the point of it. 
So this really depends, and that's why players, uh, fans want it because they want a faster game. Well, they brought. I'm going to go on that. They brought two referees in because there was too many ruck infringements that yeah. were slowing the game down because you had the one ref trying to watch the offside mm-hmm. and what's happening in the tackle at the same time. And by bringing two in, the point was one controls the offside, one controls the yeah, ruck. But it hasn't happened that way. Um, but yeah, it hasn't quite happened. No. Robinson said, how about a hybrid of both? Two referees, but you have one uh, alpha referee or main yeah, well, that's referee. What I, I, I would was going to say that if you have one shadow referee who is out of the way all the time, but you have one, one of them doing the offside, because right now what happens is, say that say a team's running, you know, north north south, the team with the ball they'll have a referee controlling their defensive line. Yeah. The other team without the ball will have the other referee controlling the defensive line. That's how it's been working. And then whoever's not controlling the defensive line will walk in and tell everyone to get up off the ruck. So that's how it's been going for the last couple of years. But to be honest, I loved it when Bill Harrigan. Is running around one referee back in the 90s and he just controlled the game. And that's the way I prefer it. I think it's quicker that way. I also think when they brought the two refs in, it was to get rid of these ruck infringements. But I think a lot of the people were hesitant at the start, but then you kind of had an open mind. If this does improve the game, maybe it is better. But it's been 10 years since they put it in. There's more going to the video referee than error ever. You still had a missed call like the one in the grand final last year. Oh, and you've got, I'm just saying, you've got six pairs of eyes. Poor guy's still it. stressed. <laughs> no, it's neither of our teams, but it was, it was a blatant, obvious, like one referee called six again, the other one didn't call it. And so oh one, team, one team was playing like they had an extra set. The other team was playing like the play was over. And there was a break. They went up the other end, scored, and they won the grand final, basically. And... It's six that's referees. That's not a good way to win a grand final, is it? Oh, With controversy. It's <laughs> and that's the argument. Like, you've got two referees there, two touch judges and two people up in the video. You should be making more right calls than ever, missing less, blah, blah, blah. And that hasn't happened. So, I think... I, I are, like, people, yeah, are, are people questioning the timing of the change or just the change altogether? I'd say timing. The timing. Well, the, the, the proposal was brought about because of a fan survey. Fans just want like, this was an NRL fan survey at the end of the last season. And fans said, we'd like to see one referee again. Flannies probably isn't picking the right time of bringing that up now. Right, right. Maybe, just the timing. More yeah, just the time. To... But I would see this being a conversation that's probably going to build momentum through the I, season. I doubt it's going to drop down to one. Well, if it does, I like, it. it'll cut costs because you've got less referees to pay. And so then there's going to be less positions for referees, which means that the referees have to be better in order to keep their position. So there's going to be less games for them to be able to participate in, which could be a good thing. The downside is you're going to be putting six people out of work. The, the, the way I see it is rugby league's too much, too much money involved in it, too much um, cameras involved in it. Mm-hmm. I think that to, for, especially for how much betting there is, yeah, I think that over officiate. They want more over officiating, so there's less chance of rules happening. And I think they believe that uh, less less chance of rules getting made wrong, yeah. wrong calls, wrong calls. And they think that with two referees, that's going to help it. 
because there's so much money in it. Because go back to that grand final, which shits me off that people even bring it up, that they blame that on the referees. But yeah. with one one referee, that wouldn't have happened. Well, it depends which referee. Well, yeah. no, one referee. That, <laughs> one referee that wouldn't have happened. So it would have either been one yeah. call either way. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they're going to change it because they want more. They want over officiating. I I think like something before before um, we went on air with uh, Sandy was talking about differences between US UK sports and and um, and how some people still see sports as just a sport, but the fact that it is a business. Um, but in the other side of it, sport's never going to be perfect. You need mistakes in sports that gives you conversations to talk about. And there's always going to be mistakes made. And I think with a single referee, that sort of stuff evens itself out over a whole game or a whole season anyway. That's something you see in rugby union all the time with how much, how many knock-ons forward passes get missed. But by the end of the game, it kind of, it evens itself out. And I like, but that that's great for I local footy. That's great for local footy. It's not great for NRL when there's 400... Why do you call it footy? It's really confusing. When I first started following rugby league and you see all the Australians calling it footy, I'm like, well, I'm getting confused. It's not rugby. It's like... It's a very... Self in the foot. Like, you look at, you look at America and Canada... Um, where you've got, say, you've got your four big sports, your baseball, your basketball, your uh, American football and your ice hockey. They're completely different to each other. Yeah. So you can kind of you say footy there, they're talking about that. Whereas in Australia, I can see how it gets confusing. So we've got rugby union, rugby league, AFL, but re- and then football. But I remember when I started just- following um, the Wolfpack and some of the Australians were doing like some promos or something and you'd hear footy, footy. I'm like, what are you talking about soccer for? Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it- and it's like, it just, and I always kept on that, forgetting to ask them, why'd you say that? Why is it not called rugby? As in, you know, over here you call it rugby league or rugby, you, you actually differentiate it. Over there, you just seem to just call it a generic name. Oh. So what do you call football then? Like soccer. Soccer. In, okay. Call it soccer. In Australia, is rugby. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Uh, in Australia, if you say rugby, that's rugby union. Yeah. If you say footy, that's rugby league and then AFL and soccer. But it's also different. Oh, it's soccer. What, depends on what state you're living in as well. Because if you're living in Victoria, South Australia, or WA, footy is AFL. And then you'd say rugby league and rugby union. Whereas we live in Queensland where rugby league's dominant. So footy is we're going to the footy on the weekend. That could actually kind of mean union or league, depending on who's playing. But you're not going to say we're going to the footy, meaning soccer. No, it's just not spoken to. No. What I'll ask you is if you can draw a map of Australia and just write down what everyone calls it, and then I'll, I'll when I go to Australia, I'll know exactly what, what people are saying. It's Indian's guide to um, to um, sports in Australia, and then I'll just know exactly out, what people are talking about. <laughs> cross out Northern Territory. They're they're both AFL, actually. You'd say. Um, what were you talking about? <laughs> I was talking about a run referee. It's oh not, yeah, it's not gonna. <laughs> yeah, okay. Obviously. Not this season anyway. But the other thing that looks like it may happen, and I kind of do like this um, change because it doesn't affect the on-field play directly. Um, well, actually, it could depend on when it happens. Right but, huh? Are you going to annoy me right now? No, no. Okay. <laughs> With the spate of HIA testing, the concussion testing, that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. that's been 
really um, brought on the last few years. One rule that they're looking at is you've got your 18th man, which is your emergency backup. If someone gets hurt in the warm-up, they can just come straight in and they're in the squad. What they're looking at is keeping that 18th man on the bench um, to be able to come into the game if someone's lost for the game due to an injury. Now, to prevent... And coach, this is one that's building traction with the coaches. Now, to prevent coaches from taking advantage of this... If a player is ruled out of the game due to a head injury assessment, a HIA, a concussion, they're not allowed to play again for 14 days. So you can't right, just yeah. wipe someone out with a HIA, get a new fresh player on, and expect the guy that you've taken off to be able to be at training the next day. They're that on non-contact for 14 days. Yeah. So when the, when the doctor makes the call, yep, this guy's out, and he's had a concussion, rah, 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 he's not to do any contact for 14 days. And you'd... That would stop a lot of coaches going, let's get him off, let's get a fresh player on, we can win the game here, knowing that, oh crap, we're not going to have that dude for two weeks. We need to be like, we need to 100% make sure this call's right, as they should be anyway. Um, if it's a game ending injury elsewhere, like a soft tissue injury, rada, 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 I would say the NRL would pay very close attention to the return date of anyone who's taken off, because if they're ruled out with a rolled ankle and they're training the next day i would say the nrl is going to get into them for that i don't i don't mind it i think i think it's cool do you think you'll, you'll actually get approved because I, I quite like that at the end of the day the players you know that the teams won't do well long term if they are not managing the players welfare correctly you know it's it's not just a short-term thinking or let's just when you have to think long term and i i personally quite like that you know, especially with concussion, you know, I there was one game here in the UK where a player would kept on, like it looked like he was kept carry on playing, and it, he didn't look right, and um, and I think sometimes short term gain is is the wrong way to think about it. And we were brought up with that sort of thing. Have Someone you, gets knocked out, and you're like, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I got knocked out twice in one game yeah. once. Dallas Johnson um, in State of Origin, yeah. first tackle of the game. Hit a hit, and he came, oh, came no back. Way. Came yeah. back, played the second half, and topped the tackle count for the whole game. Have you ever watched a game from the eighties? Oh. No, not yet. There is. There's three game. There's three games on my list that are from the eighties. I don't. I can't tell you which one, but there are three. So, but they're all towards the end. They were last minute uh, additions to my list. So if they're not, watch the nineteen eighty nine grand final. Well, that's good. Eighty nine. It's considered the best grand final ever. But you're you're gonna learn the game by watching the games you're watching now. Oh, yeah. And then you're gonna watch the eighties like what is going on? There's so much <laughs> um so much back so to much the, less structure. Back to the HIA. Um I'm not hundred percent set on it because I reckon players uh, coaches are gonna take advantage of it. Yeah. Well, depends yeah. who the player gets knocked out is. If they're already in your starting 17, yeah, you're not, picking though. them as your starting 17. But yeah, if they're not part just, of your starting 17, you're not going to have them out there on, in your okay, time to start with. I've got, got a theoretical situation for you. Yeah. Cooper Cronk shattered his shoulder blade and it was yeah. considered what he was in a car accident. Imagine yeah. he was named 18th man. A player in the grand final Yeah. got knocked out. Yeah. And they just casually just brought Cooper Cronk on. Why would they have him there to start with anyway? So he's fresh for the last 20 minutes to close out the game. 
Yeah, but it's without, Cooper Cronk, he's a closer. Yeah, but without Cooper Cronk there, they might not be. No, in the yeah, I get to it. Be I just, ahead with twenty minutes. I just, to go. Oh, look at this Devils advocate playing there. <laughs> no, I, I just, like, especially for the injuries that aren't concussions, they'll fuck that yeah, up. Yeah, that one. That's the only. That's the only thing that I'd put in. Yeah. Part of sport is being able to win when you're at a disadvantage. Yeah, like I love some it. of the best games where, oh man, these guys are down to one on their bench because they've had three injuries. Can they still? Win, it. win can they still hold on like that's awesome nothing i'd like this rule but i'd like it only to be specific for concussions yeah. because of what you said sandy with them being they may not have symptoms for two days but it could be something that shows up yeah. 30 years down the track whereas if you break your leg that, that sucks but most people will be back in 12 weeks and your bench is just gonna have to deal with that because for most people if they break their leg it's not going to be a lifetime, a lifelong injury, whereas a concussion can. So I like the idea of concussion only. I agree with it for concussion only. Yeah. Nothing else. I think that's, I think that's cool. Some, like I said, some, not just in rugby league, but some of the best sporting events has been when the team's back's against the wall. It's a hard game, biggest rival. They're down to, like in soccer, someone gets red carded. They're down to 10 men. They've got to hold on, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. have you ever it's heard really the story cool. about New Zealand hockey's... Um, only Olympic gold medal in hockey. <laughs> um, okay, so their hockey, <laughs> hockey gold medal. gold medal in hockey. Yeah, hockey gold medal they won. I can't remember when it was. But it, one of the, their the goalie, they won. Yeah, the goalie actually had a shattered shin bone in hockey. And he still played the last 20 minutes and they won. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. But that wouldn't happen now, would it? It could, wouldn't be allowed to happen. Well, the last time I'd shake, my shin's not on my head, so it's not a HIA. As a hockey player, though. <laughs> you goalie, you got padding on your spine. <laughs> Hold on a minute. What about that Zimbosi driver who ended oh. up playing a game? I'm sorry. That must be the best sports story ever. Uh, well, <laughs> oh, freaking fabulous. What about <laughs> This, no, Sorry, this I think better. I've done you on that one. Yeah, I think I, I top trumped you on that one. <laughs> right. we, we, we actually talked about this, but very like quickly in like episode one. I'll let you tell the story. It's quite funny. <laughs> but isn't it against Toronto? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. So you're Car Carolina with a team. Okay, yeah, they were playing. Yeah, Carolina were playing Toronto in Toronto. And Toronto is like the center of the universe for ice hockey. Um, and, of course. And, it's cool, cool. <laughs> and in a pro hockey team, and it, like I said, it's, much, it's very much a business. They only carry two goalies yeah. because you, you've got a key goalie and a backup. So your key goalie yeah. plays here, blah, blah, blah. In that same game, both of their goalies got injured and were wiped out of the game. Now, the rule in a professional sporting league is if both your goalies get injured, you get the reserve goalie. Now, the reserve goalie is allocated by the home team that's cool now the reserve goalie the reserve goalie is set up by toronto is the was the zamboni driver for the feeder <laughs> team the marlies so he cleared the ice for yeah. the backup teams games now given he did play goalie what yeah i mean however long ago yeah but he was 42 years old to my understanding yeah 42 and he had a mishmash of bits as yeah, well like Toronto like... on, they threw a Carolina jersey on him <laughs> he's literally just out in the back of the clubhouse gets a call saying dude you got to come play in this NHL game yeah. both the goalies <laughs> and he's like 
what? Oh, shit, yeah, all right, no worries. So <laughs> yeah. he gets his, he found out on his mobile, puts his helmet on, gets to Carolina, he's got blue Toronto pads on, goes out. Toronto has, so ice hockey plays in lines. So their top two lines um, are better than 90% of the league's top line. Like yeah. their second line's that good. Yeah. He let in, what, one goal? Yeah, if, yeah, I think so, yeah, and that's it. But we somehow, yeah, Toronto Carol- lost. Like, <laughs> you cheated and you Car- lost. Carolina was in front when he came in. Yeah. Toronto scored. Carolina scored again, and he held out eleven shots. Did did that? Yeah, it's Carolina. I'm sorry. Carolina flew him down to their next home game to get him to come out out of the ice and away. He's like Absolute a hero. It, 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 yeah. His wife enjoyed the story. I must admit, his wife was just like. What? what? What's going on? Yeah, she loved it. She thought he it was, was really cool. At home, like not even watching the hockey, than he is about him playing. Without, without exaggerating, it would be uh, Anzac Day clash. We'll say. Actually, no, it doesn't have to be just a, just anyone versing, say the Roosters, biggest yeah. profile or Broncos. Yeah. It'd literally be someone on their bench getting injured, and they go up to one of the bars and grab a bartender and say, "You've got to play the last twenty minutes as fullback." And, and this guy just, yeah. And he's yeah. like, oh, yeah, I played a bit of league 10 years ago for Seagrave. <laughs> that's, that's it was crazy, honestly. Like, get, the, get that dude from the bar, put some boots on. I def- from I'll definitely recommend anyone to look on YouTube for this. It's the oh, funniest thing. So what, when I say Toronto fans are used to losing, I'm telling you, it's like, <laughs> I think that's like tops it. <laughs> that was the, as a Detroit fan, that was the highlight of our city. <laughs> It was a highlight for a while, you know. Yeah, I know. That's awesome. Ouch. Yeah. So, right. I think I got you on that story. Yeah, yeah, you did. That's <laughs> Oh. I, I, I still love the New Zealand, um, National Museum in New Zealand. It's pretty cool. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's still, it's awesome. Oh, yeah. So but you did win. Let's get to our preview <laughs> of um, our next four NRL teams. So, we got the Cowboys sitting here at one and one. Yeah. Um, that with a loss to the Broncos at home, 21-28, and then a win against the Bulldogs, 24-16. Unfortunately for them, news came out today that their captain, Michael Morgan, had a shoulder clean-out over this break and will be missing the first couple of weeks at least. Apart from that, everyone else is right to go. They'll struggle without Morgan. They are. So Morgan's like, is their 5'8". Um, their captain, the one who... Pretty much helped them win the with the 2015 yeah. grand final. Um, one of the most influential players. So it's going to be a big loss for the first couple of rounds. And I guess it's going to come down to who they get yeah. in the first two weeks of their draw. They versed the Broncos already, one of the bigger teams. They versed the Bulldogs. So could go either way. It could go either way. Um, they you, you'd be guessing that your Valentine Holmes and your Tamalalo, if he can, stand up even more than he's already doing. Wait, who goes to six? Because they got Clifford. Clifford comes in. Clifford had come in at seven and drink water and play six. six. Yeah. Is what it happened. And then nothing else will probably change. No, nothing squad. else will change. Um, so I've got the Cowboys in my top eight at the end of the year. I dropped them. And you the have. Broncos. You've dropped them to put the Broncos in. So um, another one of me being right and Jared being wrong by the end of the season. I'm not confident in that whatsoever. I can't, I can't say that. Not bad to back that up. Um, so we'll leave that. Parramatta starting two and zero. Fucking Parramatta. The first game of this NRL season was one of the worst games of footy, 
anyone's ever watched. I won't watch this. So that one's not on my list. It'll be like, oh, rugby league shit. Let's go back. It's just been like Parramatta's got this awesome team. They put it together. They've got another season playing together. They've got these two new signings. There's the Bulldogs. Been down the bottom the last few years. Bro, I should blow them off the park. It was 9-8 was the final score. And there was just knock on. Knock on, missed tackles. But no. at least it wasn't the Toronto versus London um, game final where no tries happened. It was like 4 2 or something. It was like the lowest. I think, is it the world's lowest scoring rugby league game? I don't know. Uh, but, we had a state uh, of origin that was 2 0. We, we've had a. 2 0. 2 0 or 4 2. There was a game in the 80s and 70s back when they were doing kicking contests where there was no tries and no points scored the entire game. They just walked off at nil all. Oh, my God. That would have been so boring to watch. <laughs> but it can be fun. Like... Well, my, my dad tells me about it. And he reckons it was so much fun. He loved it because he loved that style of play. But then you have this same generation. You have this same scoreline the next week with Sydney, with Roosters and Manly. It was 9 8. And it was. It was epic. It was such a good game because you had two high quality teams on the day just going at. There wasn't even a mistake till like the. 30 something yeah. minute it was yeah. the ball was in play and it was just it was only two tries all game i guess it depends on which sport you know like if you had a soccer game with with not with a low score then it's probably going to be a class as a boring game because there's not much happening but i guess in rugby league you a low score can depend oh, yeah. on it can be a good game i guess it depends on what who's playing play, yeah. Like, yeah the yeah. quality on the field and, and it's um Parramatta's like Manly's biggest rival. So I always like watching them to see them lose, but I wouldn't actually go out of my way. If this was a Saturday game at 2 p.m., I wouldn't have been watching it because it's the first game of the season. There were so many people watching these two teams that wouldn't usually watch them. And it was just like, yeah, yeah. It was really <laughs> that's the worst. That's the worst oh. thing. It's like that, you know. Like everyone's got this build up, and like really. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty much. Like, it, and then it, it'll pretty much be if it happens again after coronavirus comes back. Yeah, they come back after the lockdown. If it happens yeah. again, everyone's gonna be pissed. Oh man! Because then the next week, Parramatta comes out and beats the Titans forty-six-six. So. Wow. <laughs> so they're two and zero, but they versed Bulldogs and Titans, the two teams that have pretty much been finishing fifteen and sixteen the last couple of seasons. If, so you can't really take if Parramatta are ever going to win a grand final, it's this year. Well, that, yeah, well, that, well that, but that's what I was saying about Toronto. I mean, if you looked at our schedule, our fixture list, we played like the, the, our first six, well, six games were like against the top five teams Thanks. of last year's Super League, like the Warringtons, Wiggins, and. We had like the hardest scheduling of any Super League team. I mean, and then we had the well, obviously the the, the other teams. I mean, I'm not saying that they're worse, but they, they weren't the top five yeah. of last year. So I mean, and, and some of them were closer than others. And I'm not saying that's why we lost, but it was by far. If you're going to be playing five games in a row against the top five teams of last season, and we're just because there's such a difference between the Championship division, yeah. And Super League, I mean, it's so different. It takes time to get to get used to it, you know, just being – because, I mean, last year we, we didn't really get challenged a lot, and I think players need that challenge to learn how to grow and be a better player. Now, it's the same at work. If you're – if you've just got a job where you just plateau, if no one challenges you, you're not going to get any better. And so it applies to every walk of life. Um, but in this case, 
if we had no one challenging us, really, obviously we had a couple of games that were really close, but on a consistent level, we never had anyone challenging our players. Even like Ricky Lutelli, who's a great player, he, they need that constant somebody who makes them better. If you're watching the NBA game, the um, yeah. documentary, you know, there are key players saying, you know, if it weren't for Michael Jordan, I wouldn't be the player I am now yeah. because he needed someone to kind of push him. And so you had a mixture of the difference in the divisions and then the fact that we played the five top Strong teams of last year. Um, but at least we finished on a high. The whole thing works out. With the split even between the top five teams in the Super League and oh, yeah. else in the Super it's League. Because they there's only, yeah. what do you say, there's only three teams that have ever won it or four teams that yeah. have ever won the Super League. And yeah, there is that's, yeah, that, that's one big thing. I love watching the Super League because there's just some aspects of it that it has that the NRL doesn't have. But the other side is it's not, it's never a guarantee it's sport, but you can pretty much go into a game sometimes going, well, you've got Wigan versus Salford. Wigan's going to win. You just, and then every now and then, Southford might might um, cause an upset, but you're like, there is that big split from your top to. I would definitely like up. to see. I would definitely like to see more. I, I don't know why some of the, the teams aren't as successful as others in terms of the quality of the squad. I don't know if it's a finance or whatever, um, but it would be nice if there was a few more teams that kind of rose up yeah. it's like in foot in, in, in soccer you know you do have your top 10 that just seem to do really well and then you have the ones that keep on changing at the bottom yes. yeah. like a few more of those in, in in super league just to kind of even out the competition because i think last year you had the top four way ahead or something like the top two way ahead then the rest of them it's like three different divisions within yes. super league you had your top two then you had your middle your middle five then you had your bottom five or whatever so it was very odd as an outsider learning about the sport, how early on it was so split. Obviously, it's slightly changed, but um, but yeah, it would be nice to just have a little bit more. But I don't know why the split is the way it is. I've not really looked into the sport. Is it just Cals finances? Cals been doing a, a bit better. As yeah, it, it's it's a lot to do with England, the development of your players. Right. So a lot right. of the players aren't as. Um, What's, what's the word? Their the programs coming through juniors aren't as strict in certain places. I've, you know, where, whereas in soccer, for example, Manchester United, United, they're picked up at six years old. Whereas the rugby league, they're picked up like 16, 17, and by 19, they're already playing Super League and they might not be ready for it because they haven't had the training. Mm. Um, there's so many more sports in England for that reason. And the you see like your top, your Wiggins, your Warringtons, your Leeds, your St. Helens. You look at how many NRL or ex-NRL players are in their squads. Um, who, like you mentioned Ricky Latelli before. Good player. I love him. He's, he's just, yeah. Uh, yeah, I love watching him. He's when he was at the Sharks, it was always like, yeah, good player. He was average. He was never, a, he's never going to be a superstar. He's never going to win a game off his own back. He's going to, He's not going to beat the best defender by himself just with pace or speed or IQ. He's just like a, if you put in ice hockey terms, he's a solid third line center or something like that. Like, Who, who is your favorite player in the Wolfpack? 
I hate when people say that, ask me that, because it's very difficult um, to say, I mean, the one, there's a group of players that I, I truly respect and it's, um, and I will always be grateful. And it's the players that took a chance with Toronto in the first team, you know, the, you know, like the Liam Kays and the um, Greg Worthington's or Adam Sidlow, those players who, who took a chance at this idea of having a concept team in Canada, you know, it's, it's, it's okay. France you've had, but in, in a North American team, you know, they left a team or a club where they had stability possibly. And it was, you know, they were, you know, they weren't a good team to go to a team that was just as if it was like plucked out of thin air, this idea of a Canadian team. So I'll always have, even if they were to go and play against a rival team, I'll always have a very fond respect for them because they took a risk. And I really think, because no one knew what was going to happen. We had no idea whether it was going to work out or not, you know, because it's just a new territory. But then as a parent, there are a couple of players that I truly have respect for because they've inspired my kids. So Ashton Sims will always be one of those because, because when my son, I, I was very lucky that my kids were able to, on my birthday, we were playing against Swinton and, um, and my kids were offered to be the, the mascots. And my, my, my Ethan, my youngest, he was like three years old. And I had tried to explain to him what he was going to do. So I said to him, you're going to go. And, and Ashton was the captain for that game. So I said to Ethan, you're going to be holding the boss's hand. You know, like how mommy's the boss of the house. <laughs> this is the boss of the team. So that's how I explained to him who Ashton was. because He had no idea what was going on at that age. So he walked out with him, and since then, every time he sees Ashton, he calls him the boss. Oh, that's cool. And, and that's every game, and, 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 and every game, Ashton always came to see him. Even when he was injured, there was one game we played against the Rams, and Ashton was injured. And Sky TV actually captured this, where Ashton just came out, and Ethan's face just lit up. <laughs> and he saw him and gave him a hug and so on. And he's the guy that Ethan always says, is this as good as Ashton? Can you show Ashton? Like, he's really <laughs> given him a love for the sport. So as a parent, to, you know, when you grow up in North America, these professional sports people are just so away from reality. Yeah. You don't know what they're like. You, you come up, it's like some people say, I don't want to meet my idol because I'm scared of what the truth is. With some of these players, you've got that. You know what they're like. You can see them there. So, so that's for Ethan. And then I've got Andy Ackers. So my son plays, my eldest plays um, rugby and he plays, you play Andy's um, position. So he's, and Andy's given him some tips and he's kind of the guy who, who Louis looks up to from a player's perspective, like how he plays, you know, the st- yeah. he just, there's something that he's obviously very humble as well. And yeah, so from a parent, I've got those two. So it's, it's a very oh. difficult question, but for me, there is a very true, for me, it has to have meaning. Do you know, do you know what a cool thing about Ashton Sims is? He has, what, four kids in his family? So he's got yeah. the oldest, and then there's Ruin. His Three sister. girls. <laughs> no, Tarek and Corbin. So Tarek and Corbin. Like his, both, his siblings. Yeah, they both oh, play his siblings. Yeah. Ruin, his sister, is the best player out of all of them. <laughs> she's a freak. She, she's really good. She's the Australian. She was the Australian captain in rugby league for women. She retired, didn't she? she retired yeah, this year. Last, yeah, yeah. Now, but she was like, she was a, she was so good, and she ran yeah. hard. And Ashton runs hard. She ran hard. Yeah. 
it was, it was I must admit, I mean, Ashton really did get the imagination of the Toronto fans because he was so popular with the media. Because if you look with his long hair yeah. and also his fit, he was like, get it, get him on TV. Everyone likes, you know, it was either Liam K because of his sex appeal thing. You know, everyone likes his legs type thing. And then you had Ashton, who was like the wolf of the wolf pack. So it was, yeah, it was great to see him. You always remind me of loved- George of the Jungle. What, what about... um? Foy Foy Moy Moy. Did you have, ever have any? Oh, he, 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 he was hilarious. I met him at my first game. I was very lucky to get a picture with him. And I said, oh my God, he scares me. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's the like, nicest dude in the world. Just, yeah, he was just, yeah, like a, he just went through everything. It was, he seemed really nice. And I was very lucky that the team once, um, I met some of the players at a baseball game while I was in Toronto in, in 2017. And one of the staff members said, oh, come and join us at the training just before you go back to England. So we went and he spent, so so, um, Blake Wallace was injured. So we spent a lot of time talking to him and I did struggle to understand sometimes what he was saying because he was very Australian going, yes, yes, I understood what you said. (laughs) But but then we, we, we met all the players and he was so nice. He was just a gentle giant. Have you seen the videos no. of him when he was first in Super League and when he scored tries, he just jumped the no, and no. run up into the I'll stands? I'll have to watch that. Oh, have to he just that. so against what we... He'd get on the field when he was over. He played for Parramatta and he'd just run it so hard. But he was just, yeah, like I said, so quiet. Didn't do any media. Nah, well, um, he, he wasn't allowed to do media. He wasn't allowed to do media. <laughs> <laughs> Some of, some of the footy shows even said, oh, we got Fui Fui Moi Moi on the show and they just have his head and then put like those fake mouths in yeah. front of him and speak yeah. for him. And- well, the thing is, Toronto fans loved it because it's like there's an actual person with that name. Like they yeah. just thought, is that like a character name? or yeah. So I think his name just grabbed so much attention because yeah. it was, if you look at the names that we've got in our sports teams, you've got like Matthews and, and normal names and you've got this guy with the, sorry? How do you spell that? Like, how do you even say it? So, yeah, so the name itself grabbed the attention of fans. They thought it was That's quite cool. cool. And by the way, uh, 2 and 0 for Parramatta. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we seem to divert all yeah, the time. Sorry. So, no Nathan Brown. He's suspended to round five for that yeah. shot. And Reed Marnie's out with a foot. And we said that's going to be the weird position, how they're going to deal with that. But it says Have June. They got so, back? Kayser? No, no, he's. What's Kaiser doing? He, he, we, I stood down mental health reasons, wasn't Where's he? Why did he end up retiring? I have no idea, but I don't know who they're going to put there. Will Smith? But he says he's back. Parramatta going to lose. There's actually now. a player called Will Smith. <laughs> oh, right, okay. Okay, I was like, what? I was laughing, but I'm right. Just throw in Hancock. Just throw him in. <laughs> This is why this episode is going to be completely like chaotic. Because I'm like, so why would you put Will Smith in? Like, with this thing, like, <laughs> that's horrible. Your listeners are going to go, what the hell? Does she actually know about anything about rugby league? What's oh, going on? Oh, there, there would be players who, that players, there'll be people in Australia watch NRL who won't know Will Smith. He's kind of like in and okay. out of the team, he's just that utility sort of player. Um, no, but he's not off. This Reed is Prince. like Reed Marnie's the hooker. So like um, uh, Cameron Smith. Um, what other players may you? Jake Friend. Jake Friend, like the the dummy half passer. So he's pretty much. Yeah. Um, he's really important. I haven't seen them play a game without him in a while. But it says he's back in June. 
All right, Penrith, 2-0, beat the Roosters in round one, which was, yeah. we saw a bit of an upset. Roosters had come back from the World Club Challenge, and they didn't look as good as they could. No, nah, but, but Penrith did play really well, so you can't take much off them. And then that awesome game round two, 32-28 over the Dragons, and that game was just like... Yeah, but they didn't play well. Yeah, so... No Jack Hetherington suspended to round four. Otherwise, they, it shows Kurt Capewell could make his debut for them, yeah, which is one of the best off-season pickups. Um, Dylan Edwards is spent to be back as well. So, they should be full strength minus Jack Hetherington. Yeah, put Capewell in there, it'd probably be stronger. Yeah. He'll, I reckon he will... You yeah. got Kat, who you got in the back row? You got Kickout, Kick Yo, Yo, and Capewell. Fisher-Harris. Yeah, so they're fine. Yeah, they'll be all right. So they've started 2-0, which is good. Um, they had a lot of uh, media attention last year and expectations that they fell short of. Well, they fell short of media expectations. I'm sure they fell short of their club expectations as well, missing the finals. Um, they've given themselves the best chance. Like I said, 2-0. They've already versed one of the top teams in the Roosters at least once. Um, still waiting to see what the Dragons are going to put out. So it's hard to get a read on Penrith, but... Two and O is a better start than yeah. Well, seventy percent of the well, comps, late, so. leading into the last eighteen games, having already that four points is going to be a massive advantage. Yeah. So they've already got them in the bank. And like we said last week, when we did the uh, the maths on it, if you started the season two and O like Penrith and Parramatta, you only have to win fifty percent of your games from here on out to pretty much tie up eight position, so the bottom finals position. So if they go anything above that, um, they should be pretty sweet. Uh, the last team of this week are the Rabbitohs, and they had a pretty tough start to the season. They versed the Sharks in round one and won that one 22-18 and then lost to the Broncos 22-18. So medium scoring game, tight game against two teams around the same sort of level. Most people have got the Rabbitohs, the Sharks and the Broncos pretty pretty much between your, what do you say, fourth to... Fourth no, to eighth, somewhere in there. Yeah, they're in the mid-range. They're in that. They're in that mid-range. Most people still have them a bit short of the roof. They're a safety player. They're a safety yeah, team. Safety kind of just, yeah, they're yeah. a dark horse. They've got big name players in your uh, Latrell Mitchell, your Damian Cook, your Adam Reynolds, and then you've got a bunch of decent players in the middle as well. Um, your Jaden Sewers, your Gay guys when he's on his yeah. on his day, that sort of stuff. Um, Cody Walker. Cody Walker, when he's on, Cam Murray's getting up towards the elite in his position. So, same with the Broncos, same with the Sharks. So, they're both, they're all very solid teams. So, they've come out one and one. Um, Sharks, Rabbitohs, Broncos, I reckon if they played each other twice, so six yeah. games, they'd all probably come out two and two, something like that. So, they've set themselves up. The only injury they've got is Patrick Margot, which is June, even, July, and he yeah. wasn't there for the first two rounds anyway with his pec injury. Um, Bennett's come out and said he's going to stick with Latrell Mitchell at fullback. Most people watching the game outside of the Rabbitohs think he should probably be have gone back to centre. No, a lot of the play, a lot of the people supporting Rabbitohs said he should want him to go back centre. He so. um he did go back in the centre in the last game. Yeah, I, there's that much reported on that boy that you never know what's going to happen. And throughout his whole career at the Roosters, he's either off or on. He can win you a game or he can just not even rock up in the game. So and it I just know, depends on his attitude. I don't know. You saw this um, in the UK. So it was one of the things you 
um, posted about when you were saying, right, I'm getting on to the NRL. I want to learn about it. Rah, rah, season's coming up. And then these guys came out. Hey, Latrell was one of the ones involved in that Tari break of isolation sort of thing. And <laughs> you're even cranky about it over there going, I want this season to start. And that's pretty much like we've all been thinking. I just think, and, you know, they're desperate to play because they want to get paid. Like, whether you're a top player or where you're a medium player in a team, you want to get paid. Well, they're getting paid and to then, this anyway. They weren't getting paid. They, they were. are. They are. But if the season stops, if, if, if the government says, you know what, because you can't control your own players, I'm just pulling, you know. Yeah. I just think, who's going who, who's gonna to win? No one. So, and the thing is, I always say, the people in the war, they were asked to stay at home. That was hard. Being asked to stay at home to watch Netflix and maybe have, you know, to get a suntan, you know, have a beer. I think that's like the easiest lockdown request I could ever ask for. You know what I mean? I just don't. Yeah. And then to put it on social media is like, uh, I'm speechless. Come on. I mean. Well, that was Ado yeah. Carr's third breach. And then he got done for speeding the week after that. And you're like. Anyway. yeah yeah well yeah it was, it was very much not the worst request to be asked to do is stay at home in this day and age and then it gave <laughs> the media journalists the hard-working ones heaps to write about because of course they were sitting outside Rabideau's first training back and it might have been the only time all training session that Latrell Mitchell was bent over and breathing heavy photos got taken look at Latrell Mitchell behind all of his teammates and you're yeah. like Dude, every play is going to be like that at some point. But who cares? Yeah. Who cares? It's a stitch up. And that's pretty much yeah. where we're at. So next episode, we'll look at St. George, Warriors, West Tigers, and Roosters. And then that'll be pretty much a week and a half before the first game. So hopefully by Wednesday, if not this episode next week, we'll know what the draw is going to look like, et cetera, et cetera. So this uh, last part of the show basically is... We're just going to um, get Sandy's opinion, viewpoint, um, throw some questions at her with regards to Toronto Wolfpack, what the Super League's like, interest outside of league, all that sort of stuff, and and, and see what she's got coming up and, and what her plans for the rugby league season are and pretty much wherever it else it takes us because we've been on so many tangents already. So, and as you, as you can see, there's so many odd roads. You yeah. just lose track of what we're talking about. <laughs> no, odd road now. Sonny Bill, how much do you love him? Um, I'll, I'll say I'm one of those very few fans who've had a chance to speak to him. I was very lucky to have that, that chance just by, de just by default in a way. Um, it was during the preseason game against Castleford. I was just um, sitting with my friends and family behind where the, the players' dugout bit is, the bench. And he was walking out, um, and I just said hello. So I was talking to him, and someone just happened to take a picture of this. So he looked like a, gent a massive giant, and I was like, it was like a very Alice in Wonderland type picture. And to be honest, I didn't know who he was before he joined Toronto. This is how away from rugby league or rugby union yeah. I, I literally did not anything about it so and I didn't and I heard obviously people's opinions some negative some positive you know there's always going to be a mix but I I wanted to know what he was as a person like just make my own judgment so when I but I knew the name now by this point I knew he was huge obviously there's a big price tag on it 
Um, and I spoke to him and I was shocked how humble he was that he spoke to me about just stuff and how excited he genuinely was to go to, to Toronto. It was just, you could sense in his voice, he truly believes in what Toronto are trying to achieve in North America. And I could sense that. So I feel very lucky that I was able to have a very short, but very nice conversation. So I really like him because of the, the, the conversation we've had, not about the style of play or anything, but by the persona that he's come out, that he is. So I do like him. I think he was the right thing to do. I know everyone thinks it's a wrong decision, but from a marketing point of view, we needed a name like that for it to grab even more attention in North America because that's what North Americans are used to. They're used to the big names, you know, the Michael Jordans. They're like, we needed something like that. We had the Beckhams with um, LA Galaxy. It's those, they love the celebrity name attachment to sports. And we needed that for, for Toronto to then um, expand rugby league within the sport. So, because One that's just culturally what's like. Which has divided a lot of people is he's, and very, we've, you've brought it up earlier with regards to the last dance and Michael Jordan about branding a team player as an individual, more like a tennis player, more like thing. And he's done that since he pretty much came in with his agent. And I think that's rubbed a lot of people because Australia's not used to that either with regards to if you're in a team, it's very odd for one player in the team to be their individual brand. You can have your best player, which our teams have, but we don't have Cameron Smith or Thurston or Andrew Johns when he was playing. They're not a brand name, basically, like yeah. Sonny Bill's been able to establish. And that's rubbed a few people the wrong way. But he's done for himself very well. And I think down the track, he's paved the way for players if they want to do that yeah. and use their that's name. What North, yeah, but that's what North America, if you look at North American sports, baseball, yeah. basketball, they all have yeah. those those three or four people that have got all the sponsorship. They're, that That's just the way it is. That's just – so for us, it's normal. So – I'm trying to understand, and I, I'm not saying other fans are wrong. I'm just learning, trying to understand. And like I said, sports is a business, and it's about sustainability. And riding the wave of how sports fans are and commercially, because that's where the money is, and if getting a big name is what's going to make something sustainable for the sport, you know, because, you know, if you look at North America, there's 300 odd million people. If we can get 1% or even half a percent following mm -hmm. rugby league, my God, it's more than most oh, countries yeah. will have. You know what yeah, I mean? So, so we're not even talking about trying to get a big chunk of the market in North America. We're talking about even half a percent. And it is possible if you do it right. And with Bob Hunter coming in to implement David Argyle's vision, because David's, David's vision is very... Very, uh, sorry? Is he the founder, David Argyle? Yes. Uh, yeah, so David Argyle is the Australian guy. The he, So he's our owner. Mm. Well, he's a major shareholder of, yeah. of Toronto. So I should just plug in my laptop. Um, and he's always had a vision of growing the sport in North America and getting the rugby balls in kids' hands. That's always been his, uh, his, his drive. And if you've ever had a chance to meet him, you can see it in him. He's very passionate about that. Um, but what Bob Hunter does is he's got um, the, the respect within the sports world in North America because he's achieved so much. And what he can do is he can implement David's vision. He knows how to do that. 
you know, and his record of his achievements, you know, in North America, you know who he is. He's very quiet. So unless you're in, in Canada, you, you will know. So for him to join Toronto, for me, gives us a lot of, for me, gives me confidence that Toronto are definitely heading in the right direction. And he will know how to maximize Sunny Bill in terms of growing, um, I guess, the, the, the brand of the sport and it, um, the right way. Yeah, the good. That's so good. The, the, you got to give him credit straight up because he went for the biggest fish there is straight away. Oh, yeah. Because obviously in America, rugby league's not that big. But he, they bought Sonny Bill in. He's this big, tall dude, massive shoulders. He's, he's a monster. And if you wanted to build an idea rugby league player, you'd probably build Sonny Bill. So having yeah. him on the forefront of your Wolfpack incursion into, you know, rugby league incursion into trying to get more, you know, players, uh, sponsors, um, build up a fan base. Yeah. Someone like that's like, the way to go. But Union is, is bigger in Canada. Like there are more Union like clubs and so on and fans, you know, the sevens are played in Canada. I mean, because it's played both codes, that's a way of attracting yeah. even them just to come and watch them. Yeah. I mean, when, when Sunnyville obviously was playing a few games here, I was able to attract some um, expats, Aussies, and New Zealand. So I, again, engaged with their Facebook groups. And I said, look, I'm not sure how many rugby league fans are out here or even union, but obviously Toronto now got Sunnyville. If you want to come and join us to watch him play, because some people have, seen, have never seen him play because I've never had a chance to play now he's in the UK and some of these expats are like oh my god it's gonna be my first chance whether he he was any good that day or whether because the first game wasn't his best but just to be there yeah, and true. see him in person was was great for a lot of um a lot of people so he will attract even neutrals to come and watch because of his name and yeah. I don't think I don't see how that's a bad thing uh, it's a great thing and like I said the guy who David Argyle bought in went straight for the throat as far as marketability, marketability yeah. goes. With yeah, I mean, He's I was, the most yeah. marketable athlete in rugby league. He wouldn't be even in the top 20 in the world anymore in rugby league. Talent-wise, well, maybe talent-wise, but player-wise, no. But with could, regards to names, huge. Is the, the story was in Brazil and Argentina. Like, I was on Twitter. People were talking about it in places that I'm thinking, what? Like, what other player in rugby league could actually do that. It's it's because it was so different. No, not in Argentina. Yeah. It would have been it. It's because like when Argentina, the world when Cup, when he was Union. playing, yeah, Union yeah. like Argentina is a big Union country, and it, it he would have played over there with regard with um the Chiefs, all yeah. blacks, yeah. So it's a, for it's me, a, yeah. For me, what I see is using Senegal on a long term strategy of. It will want to bring more people to want to play the sport because the concept of having the opportunity to play against him and then inspiring new generations say, do you know what? If we can attract other Sunday Bills for future generations, then the younger generation will want to be able to want to play with someone like him. You know, we need to make it something attractive and we need to materialize and use people that way to attract future because when people are disillusioned, there's a lot of people who are disillusioned with the sport. Mm. You know, a lot of people are so upset with rugby league or how it's been managed or whatever. I don't really know the history of, of all of all that, but there's a lot of sad fans who are just so upset about the direction it's going. 
if we can get someone like him to reignite the interest of the sport for the new generation, yeah. again, I can't see it being a bad thing. No. We you, talked about you're not going to get a bulldog supporter though. No, we talked about <laughs> no, a few episodes back that um, Great Britain's Great Britain it was Great Britain. No, it was England. Um, the government put up 31 million to help out the uh, Super League and grassroots and all that. So we haven't heard where that money's actually going. Um, it did pop up over here that that funding was available. Have you heard? Was yes, it big news so over there or? Yeah, so they've been given, uh, I think, 16 million pounds. And 31 clubs, million Aussie dollars, that's how bad yeah. it is. <laughs> um, and I think the clubs have to apply to, like, get the money. Um, the only teams not going to get, obviously, get for it is the French teams and, obviously, Toronto. Um, but I think there's some sort of application process. And I think what they're trying to do is... It, because we're hosting it next year, they needed to ensure that there was some sort of support for the sport. It is a loan, so the, they will have to give it back to the government. Oh. It's not a grant. So there is some stipulation of, of expectation of using the money wisely and getting a return somehow in terms of if you're investing in community, I want to see it progressing. I mean, some of the money might go towards the World Cup. I don't know. But because that those details have not come out, all we do know is a loan, so we'll have to repay it back. And clubs are having to apply for it, and I think they must say, you know, what it's for, etc. So it's not a grant, so they all have to give it back. That's actually like you hear that on face value, and it sounds like it's cheap, but it means that the clubs actually have to put thought into what they're going to do with it before yeah. they apply. You can't just yeah. like, oh yeah, we'll yeah. take that because we need some more yeah. tackle bags. It'll be... And then also, someone's got to approve what they're doing. So they yeah. say if they're going for a player, I, I don't know, whatever, and then a player, and the, whoever's given the money don't agree with it, maybe they won't give it either. But the, it's good but with the being so tired, it's good that the government's even allowing like yeah we'll give yeah. you money in this thing but you know we're under pressure as well but the fact that they're even thought of and well you have mean the the rfl is it's hit and miss with a lot of fans you know some people think that you're kind of doing okay some people don't like the leadership but one thing no one can take can't not acknowledge is how hard they've worked to get this loan you know ralph and the the team have worked really hard to convince the government to lend them any money because, you know, it, it's going to help them. Like I said, it is a loan, so they have to think wisely. But I know, like, the World Cup committee, they've they've got grants. They've already been – so Rochdale, um, their foundation group, have been given money to improve the community facilities, for example, from that funding, which is a grant. So it's – I think it's a positive. Yes, it's a loan, but it really gets people to think about how are you going to invest this? And the fans want to see how the money is going to be used. They want to see, because usually when money is given, they don't know where the money's going. Yeah. You know, so for example, Toronto didn't get the million pounds um, prize that normally is given because we're connect, you know, and it was part of the deal or something. So each team got like 180,000 pounds extra than they normally would. The fans don't have a clue where that money has gone. They can't see any difference to the team, maybe. So transparency isn't a, it is an issue. Because yeah. people think, well, you're going to be given this money, but where is it going to? How can I see as a fan 
that's being used wisely. That's and therefore, negativity sometimes. Yeah. I'm sure it happens in all sports, but it, I think rugby league fans are very vocal. <laughs> so, and I'm sure it's a minority that maybe thinks that, but my perception of what I see on Twitter is that there's a lot of doubt, a lot of dubious asking, you know, I don't believe, you know, that kind of thing. And I try not to get involved, but it is something that I've picked up over the past um, few months is that there's a lot of doubt. Well, our CEO, the NRL CEO, um, stood down two weeks ago now. Yeah. Um, And one of the things that came out was the NRL was spending $500,000 a day over the last... A lot of money is not accounted for. And over the last... Freaking out. Through, like, throughout the last wow. four years. And we're all sitting here. Once that came out, we're fans going. We're watching games on TV in an 80,000-seat stadium that has 12,000 seats sold. It's the most horrible thing to see. And we're like, yeah. where the hell's that money going? Yeah. That's, like, that's a lot of money. They're very... Um, NRL's very top-heavy in the okay. staff they've got in NRL headquarters. Mm. And they're paying them a lot of money. So, something you mentioned earlier on um, with regards to ownership, um, we we haven't done any research really into the Super League clubs. And you mentioned Toronto. Are most of the clubs over there are they privately owned, or are they a mixture of privately owned clubs and, um, say, league-run clubs or anything like that? Most are league run. I don't think there's anyone that owns the club apart from Toronto. Maybe there might be another one that that, that is. The the consensus I've got is because I think we're seen as a franchise team because of how we are run. Um, the fact that we are privately owned. Um, obviously there is a stake. There is a group of investors for Toronto, yeah, yeah. but David is the main one, so he ends up being the face of it. Um. I think we're probably the only one. Maybe there is one more. I know, like in, in the championship, um, there are a couple, but the, the the pockets are not as big. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, I think I think some fans' issues with Toronto is that our pockets are bigger. You know, people like to twist what you know. We don't break the rules. If the rules were the same for every division, which is a two million cap, then if we can, I'm sure if your team was given the opportunity to have an investor come in and say, look, you can spend up, you would do it as well. Oh, hell yeah. You know? So we've not, you know, in terms of investment, we invest what we feel, well, what we know we can, and we're not exempt to any rules of salary cap. You know, Sonny Bill, yes, he costs that, but he's a, he's a marquee player. So he only, so I think a lot of people always like to use an excuse as to why not to like Toronto. But all I can say is there's been a lot of um, change in perception of the team. Now, when fans go to Toronto and they actually see the atmosphere, they, they, they meet the fans, they actually come out with a better and more positive mindset about what Toronto brings to the sports. We have no one in the club or any fan has ever said we are the saviors of rugby league, but we do believe that we will bring something new to it. We will bring a positive aspect to it because of the, of, I mean, Toronto is one of the sports capitals of the world. Yeah. You know, there's seven professional sports teams that represent the city of Toronto. Not many cities in the world can say that, you know, and they're all, you know, they all make money. Mm. So there's enough fans in the city. And because rugby league is at the same kind of time as baseball, but in baseball, there's so many more games. Oh, yeah. you know, the, the Wolfpack get, what, 10 to 12 games at home. 
you know, the, the Blue Jays will be a lot more. So yeah. you, you can, and, and, and they're both affordable. The, what Toronto bring is affordability. The, the prices for the tickets are affordable. You know, Raptors and the Maple Leafs, you have to like re <laughs> remortgage your house or to try to get one is hard because the season tickets for like the Maple Leafs is a 25 year waiting list. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And yet we've not won since the sixties. So, you know, so, and it just, it, it does say a lot about Toronto fans. We are very much, it's in our DNA sports. We love sports. You know, I've picked you up, like, I know it's more, it's, it's as much of your Toronto upbringing, but it's very rare. Um, kind of where we live anyway, to hear a fan talk about, their club with regards to what we bring but have nothing to do with on the field yeah like when we talk about our clubs like what's manly bring what's newcastle bring like i can say that my team's gonna bring a we're gonna play till the 80th minute we're gonna bring solid hard defense and we're gonna bring um a professional attitude but with regards to me saying what's manly gonna bring as a club I'm going to say we're going to bring a whole lot of in-board fighting and um, <laughs> the fact that we don't own our field and that we'll never make a profit. But it's not – we don't talk about our yeah. clubs with that sense of – Pride. Pride, belonging, ownership. That's a really um, – A foreign concept to Australian sport. I, I, I wouldn't say that because there's, there's definitely people like that with their clubs that have that, uh, that attachment, that feeling, but – it's still very foreign to then, us. Because yeah, we're they're not, known as the diehards, yeah. not just your your yeah. your day to day. Yeah, for me, I like I'm not a sports fan. That is ba that my drive for the team is based on statistics. You ask me who scored the most tries for Toronto, I wouldn't have a clue. It stats and things like that mean nothing to me. If you tell me who's played the most minutes, I wouldn't have a clue. Who's played their fiftieth game, I wouldn't have a clue. That is not what drives me to love the sport or the team it's a collective of variation things you know um toronto for example um at the time of this recording today they're going to announce it's really big launch of something in the uk which i'm really excited about i can't say it but it's really it's it's, it's something that means a lot to me um They've done a lot in the city. So they've got this charity um, foundation thing in Toronto. So they're trying to get into school. There's so much that's going on that what is there not to be proud of? You know, um, we have we have gone through the rules. We've, we've earned our right in Super League. You know, we weren't given a place there. And, and people are working hard behind the scenes. We've got a very small team behind the scenes trying to do the right thing. You know, and... When you have an ownership like um, David and others and Bob and really trying to do something good for the sport, honestly, what isn't there to be proud of? That's so yeah, cool. That's way, yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> because the way you're saying about that you don't like it through statistics, that's like the complete opposite of me. So, right, yeah. <laughs> I, I, love it. I love a bit of both. I yeah. love – I'm in American sports a, a lot more – um, than Jared here, and one of the things I do love is, um, especially with the um, with Detroit yeah. and, and their their history. Like when the reason I started supporting them was only because they wore red and they were very attacking, very similar to Arsenal, who I support in the Premier League. And that's why I got under. Right, we really need to have this discussion of the. <laughs> I know, I know. But I'm, I'm a Liverpool. I'm, I'm a Liverpool that... fan. It's like it's like the I two know. <laughs> the, the thing that 
it, it's funny though, like just from watching the team and then learning about the history and then the owners and what they bring as people, that travels down through the management into the team, into the fans. And it's funny, they're on the other side of the world, but I feel as I have more of a sense of what their club stands for and what they're pushing for in their idea idealisms maybe um than a lot of the clubs in australia which yeah. is and i think that comes i think that's one of the things that a private ownership does bring because the owner sets that tone and sets what but, that club's about like that, that also well, depends on the owner too it depends on the owner it definitely yeah, does well, like, yeah boston I mean, bruins through this whole thing the boston bruins has one of the most um has one of the richest owners in ice hockey yet they were one of the last teams to pay their employees and he's their players had to set up a gofundme to be able to pay their own employees and that came from the owner and it definitely is it's on that but if you've got an owner like toronto or or like some of the other teams that sees the value in what a sporting franchise can do it's so powerful. The thing is, I know that there are other davids out there and if we're able to use this opportunity at the moment to especially when other sports aren't being played, if we can use our, because one thing I've been told by a lot of fans is we're always a little brother to every other sports. We're always the last one on, on the list to anyone watch. Now the NRL, I feel have got a very key role at the moment. They, they might be the only sport apart from the Bundesliga who are starting. And, yes, and you know, if you're, if you're not into that anyway, so you know, sports fans, sports fans oh, want to just watch man. sports, you know, sports fans, like people are watching darts. They're not, they just want live sports. <laughs> so for me personally, I think the NRL have got a very, very important role to play in trying to expand the awareness of rugby league. Yep. And if they have to play it right, see, I don't know what the, the TV rights or all that, I don't know anything about that. But if there is a way for us to stream the games, even if it's once a week, where people don't have to put money into it, whether it's on Facebook, like, Toronto Wolfpack fans had some games on Facebook, like, or even the Blue Jays and the hockey. They, the Blue Jays have had um, free games on Facebook last season, like two or three times, to get new people. Because when you're new to a sport, you don't want to put money in right away because yeah. you don't know if you're going to like it. So for me, if the NRL can play their cards right, we can start growing a new interest of people. And, and, and I think we, have no, we can't blame anybody for not growing the fan base because there's no other sports. You know, if we can't attract new people when you're the only sport being played, what's the I, hopes yeah. for when everyone else is playing? It's so true, but it's not going to happen. Yeah, like... I'm throwing no, I mean, like, in North America... No, I'm not saying in Australia, but in North America, for example. Uh, you know what I mean? It's... I'm not just talking about Australian fan base. I'm talking about global fan yeah. base. You know... <laughs> like, in Australia, even, if you don't have like pay TV or cable, yeah. you get three games a week out of the eight on free-to-air. So three out of the eight are free-to-air. Pay gets all eight. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately. If you want to stream it, um, internet-wise, if you, need, if you want to stream it internet-wise, you've got to be a customer of a certain telecommunication company to get it for free. Right. Otherwise, you have to pay for it. Um, Same, because I, I, I just thought it'd be a good opportunity to kind of show the game to new markets you know it definitely would be we haven't heard anything with regards to whether they're going to broadcast it internationally but maybe once our tv rights have been settled they may announce something like that but with the history of the nrl i'd 
shame. It's a shame because like a lot of, I mean, a lot of Toronto fans um, were like, apart from this season previously, so last season Toronto paid to have games televised in the UK. So they paid like 25 grand per game. But, be, but before that, um, they were being televised on, on CBC, which is a free TV channel. So yeah. people grow a, a love for sports if it's on TV. You know, it's, and then they'll go to the game because they, they've liked it so much on TV. They want to go, you know, and watch it live. And you kind of attract people that way. You know, you won't say to a new fan, here's a ticket costs $50, go and watch a game. Like $50, you know how long it took me to get that $50? And it's not only 50, it's the beer, it's the food. It can easily be like $100. So to try to convince somebody new to try out a new sport, it's quite an ask. Where at least if it's on TV, like once a week or something, you can, you know, they'll want to watch that because it's free live sports. You know, they might not understand it, but that's a great thing about rugby league. You don't have to understand. And I'm one of those people that I still don't understand many of the rules, but it doesn't stop me from enjoying the game. That's all right. I've got to duck up because my little bub's screaming their head <laughs> off. But um, Jared's going to be able to do, huh? It's Atticus. Oh, it's Atticus. Sorry. Yeah, so unfortunately, rugby league aren't that big on that. They're very commercial, unfortunately which is really disappointing for that reason because, like you said, they have a chance to do it and break out the rugby league. But, um, yeah, that's that's a really good podcast. Thank you for coming on that. I know it takes oh, a bit. Thanks for the invite. Yeah. Cheers for that. And, um, guys, we'll sign off there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, no worries, um, Sandy, and we'll talk again. Hopefully you can come on later yeah. in the series. Thank yeah. you. I'd love to. Thank you. Thanks a lot. So to close out tonight's show, just want to thank Sandy again for coming on tonight. We'll definitely see her later on in uh, the season. If you want to catch Sandy and keep up to date with all Toronto Wolfpack media and see what she's doing over in the UK, you can find her on Twitter at Sandy D. Shipley, S-H-I-P-L-E-Y, 01. Uh, other than that, guys, we're going to see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to Six Again. Connect with the show on Twitter, Instagram and the Six Again website. All links via the show's bio. Be sure to check out Adam's craft beer choice of the week.